Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. As soon as you have kids, your whole paradigm shifts um, if you're, you know, if you plan on doing it right. And um, it's a constant, um, I mean, I've got daughters, so uh, for me, it's a constant uh, reminder to tell them they're beautiful and they're loved and make them feel safe and protected because, you know, as they get older, I want them to, um, I want them to always feel like that. And I know that they feel like that with, um, with God, but like, I want them to feel like that with the, the man in their life. Cause one day I'm going to hand them off to someone else and I want them to be a good judge of character and I want them to be confident in themselves. So they're not seeking approval from, you know, other, other men or, or society or social media, even though we, you know, we all do that. Um, but I mean, you know, you just want to have them grounded and rooted in, in knowing their love. Learning to be a godly parent and an example of Christ to our children is something that is very important, but it can also be very challenging. Today's guest has recently written and produced a new film titled The Man from Nowhere that focuses on this topic. It centers on a prodigal father who discovers he's dying. He now seeks to reconcile his relationship with his son who is battling alcoholism. Today on Connections, he shares the inspiration behind this film and how we can all take something away from it. Our guest today is Chris Dowling. He is a multi-talented writer, director, and producer. Involved with Asperger's R Us on Netflix. Yes. I loved that film and I actually follow some of those folks and their comedy troupe on Facebook now. Uh, we're wondering, how did you get your start in films and moving to Hollywood and getting involved in Hollywood? Hey, that's awesome, Mike. Very, <laughs> very seldom do I have people bring up Asperger's R Us. Oh, and, I love that film. So good. <laughs> did, did you watch the uh, follow up docuseries on HBO? No, I didn't know there was a follow-up. Oh, yeah. There's a better thing. It's it's called On Tour with Asperger's on Us. It's, I think it was a five-part docu-series we did, which... Um, if oh, you no like, way. Yeah. If you like the movie, you got to check that one out. I'll have to check uh, that out for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I grew up in um, Dallas. And then um, when I was 18, I, I moved out with my best friend to L.A. And um, I always wanted to do some writing. I mean, we had this weird dream. He was He's an actor. He's still an actor. He's crushing it. Um, but, you know, we were going to be like the two Corys, right? Like Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. It was like, <laughs> our turn. and, um, and so we got out there and, uh, and I knew I wanted to write more really than act, but did a little bit of acting, um, which is cool. And, um, and then it just kind of turned and I was like, yeah, no, this is, I, I really wanted to write. And so I'm going to do that. And, um, strangely enough, I had, um, I had some early meetings with a comedy I wrote, uh, with a, a lady named Lauren Craniotis, an exec over at, uh, Warner Brothers, and it didn't end up going anywhere, but um, we started talking about um, faith, um, which is like things you just don't talk about in those meetings and politics and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty funny. <laughs> and um, but later she actually ended up going to Sony and she hit me up and she was like, hey, um, I'm at Sony now. And this guy, Rich Peluso's uh, started this affirm film and they're doing like faith films. And she's like, do you want a meeting? And so um, so I met Rich, hit it off and sent him some stuff. And then um the first kind of writing gig I got um, really, uh, this, well, the first one I kind of got that was big and a theatrical was, um, was called The Remaining, which was a faith-based horror film that I did with Sony through that connection. Um, but before that, I had done a short film that did really well in festivals. And then uh, we did a, a, a really low budget comedy that had this incredible cast called Rock Slide that was really wild. Um, and that was kind of like a trial by fire, my first film to write and direct. And so that was kind of, that was, that was, uh, it, it was literally the epitome of trial by fire. I was like asking the direct, uh, the actors, like, 
Hey, am I, am I doing this thing right? Let me know. Um, and, uh, but they were so cool, man. And, um, yeah. And now, you know, I've done priceless with the small bones uh, for King country and run the race with Tim Tebow. And, um, the, the big one we just had was, uh, on Netflix. We were number two in the world for like two or three weeks. It was called uh, bloom miracle with Dennis Quaid. Um, wow. I wrote that. um, so it's been, there's been a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, but yeah. And then now here we are with the man from nowhere, which is a film that I wrote with my buddy, Matt Green, who directed it and um, amazingly shot it in eight days, the entire film, which what? blows <laughs> my mind. Yeah, yeah, crazy. We shot the entire thing in eight days. How do you do that? What, yeah. what did that look like? <laughs> well, it was pretty cool because it was like, almost like, um, I don't know, like Master Chef or Iron Chef, whatever it is, where they're like, here's the ingredients, go. And so it was like, we knew we had to do this really quickly. And so we kind of like backed into like, okay, well, we were going to shoot on Masters University. So what sets could we make so we keep it all in kind of one general central location, one base camp? And then it was like, all right, well, you know, what what dialogue, you know, we got to have the dialogue interesting because we can't do, we, you know, we don't have time to do a lot of action or even, you know, huge movements or anything. So it really turned into this really cool character piece. Um, and even, even um, on, strangely on top of that, uh, in the movie, there's this whole the, uh, Nick Searcy's a, a New York Times bestselling author. And in our original script and up until two weeks before we were going to shoot, he was writing Westerns. Right. So we had a whole B line, B storyline that goes through the movie where we're following a Western. And we had a ranch out in Santa Clarita that was going to let us shoot there. And then Showtime bought out the ranch. And they called us for two weeks before we're supposed to shoot and said, yeah, we can't really do that anymore. So you guys are are gone. And um, so we had to um, sit down and completely rewrite it and turn it into a film noir detective um, (laughs) thing. So we had a lot of things going on, but I mean, it really is a testament to Matt as the director and um, the team that, you know, we brought aboard and, uh, um, and Matt has a, he's a professor at the, uh, the master's university. And so there were students that were there learning. So we had a lot of hands at least to, to help as they were learning. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if you would have told me when he told me we were doing it in eight days, I said there was no way. And you know what? We, we did it. So, and, it, and no one would ever guess it. I mean, when you watch the film, it doesn't, I mean, it blows people's mind that we should, I mean, it, it looks, it looks great. So you had to go through this like rewrite and adjusting on the fly and stuff like that. But do the, were the themes that you'd thought of that kind of stuff stayed the same? Yeah, because I mean, the, the movie is really about a we, we kind of call it like the prodigal father. And it's the, you know, the father that's kind of um, left to chase his fame and his fortune. And, and he's, you know, again, a professional writer and kind of um, let his uh, relationship with his son die. And now his son is, you know, 35 years old and, you know, and, and cue the cats in the cradle music coming in. But his yeah. son doesn't have time for him now. And 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 the author's on his kind of his last leg and realizing he has a cancer diagnosis. And he has this final book that we'll come to learn is basically like a love letter to his son. And it's about a man who will do anything to find his son. And so, yeah, it was originally set as a Western that we were tracking where it was, you know, a gunslinger going to, you know, to see his son had been taken basically by, you know, some um, outlaw gang or whatever. And so we just said, okay, cool. Well, we'll just flip it. Now it's this hard nosed, you know, hard boiled detective who's going to go through the criminal underbelly to find his son who is now kind of taking the wrong path and is running with the wrong crowd and he's got to get him back and he'll do anything to do it. Um, so same themes. Um, and man, it's been a really powerful theme. We've seen in our screenings and stuff. I've got grown men crying and, and telling me, you know, Hey, that's me or that was my dad or that's us. Or like, so it's been really, really cool. Um, 
because, you know, even in, in the space of faith or inspirational films, I think a lot of times, you know, we might see younger parents and kids, but like, I don't know that I've seen a whole lot of movies. It's about an adult parent trying to, you know, make amends with his father and certainly males. We don't do that a lot with the, you know, with male um, character. Yeah. So, so it was cool, yeah. man. It was interesting. I re- yeah, I really, when I read that um, a prodigal father, that just struck me right away. Actually, Colleen and I were talking mm-hmm. and, preparing and she read that to me and I was like prodigal father ah I really like that idea yeah thank you yeah I mean we're yeah and, and it and it plays out that's it's exactly how the you know um I, I will say the son is not as receptive as the father in the prodigal uh son story but um <laughs> but you know but they it's it puts them back together and they really have to try to repair this broken relationship before it's too late and um and then you know and and like I said we're following uh, this story play out as well uh, in, in the film noir part of, the, of our movie and then um, kind of the lines between fiction and um, reality start blurring as the characters start entering into the timeline and it's it gets, it's cool man it, I don't think there's a lot of films that are like this out there especially again in the faith space where did the inspiration for this come from that is a good question um, <laughs> I think back. Well, Matt, Matt had the idea. Um, and, and he, uh, but again, it really, it's funny. It really came down to, um, we said, Hey, we, we, we got to shoot a movie in eight days. What can we make? That's an interesting story in eight days. And, and so, um, we just thought about again, I mean, like, I don't have a, I have a great relationship with my father and, and Matt would say he is the same. So it wasn't like there was some, you know, longing that was, this was, you know, filling that hole or something. It really was, we wanted to tell a compelling story. And in order to do that, we had to have, you know, two characters that really, really had to come a long way in a short amount of time. And, and so the father son thing really worked out. And then we were super, you know, pumped to get Nick Cersei to come on board um, and play the dad and play the dad. And, um, and I don't know, it turned out really beautiful, I think. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of men can relate to that, that theme i don't have a great relationship with my dad and 90 percent of men will put their hands up in the air right yeah i think for sure and again that's what we've seen in a lot of these screenings and it's in in you know and it's more universal than that too because we all have broken relationships or somewhere in there like it's a sister or brother whatever like it doesn't have to be a father son like you you watch this relationship play out and it's two people that should for all intents and purposes be having an amazing relationship. I mean, just their family, right. But they've let ego and pride and, um, and, and, you know, hard headedness just get in the way. And we can all relate to that in some, some facet of our life. So speaking from a father's perspective, how important is it for us as parents to evaluate life from time to time, and then also have accountability uh, in our life from a trusted person? Yeah. I mean, to me, man, as soon as you have, kids your whole paradigm shifts um if you're you know if you plan on doing it right and um it's a constant um i mean i've got daughters so uh, for me it's a constant uh, reminder to tell them they're beautiful and they're loved and make them feel safe and protected because you know as they get older i, I want them to um i want them to always feel like that and i know that they feel like that with um with god but like i want them to feel like that with the, the man in their life because one day i'm going to hand them off to someone else and I want them to be a good judge of character and I want them to be confident in themselves so they're not seeking approval from you know other other men or, or society or social media even though we you know we all do that um, but I mean you know you just want to have them 
grounded and rooted and in, in knowing they're loved. I think that's super important. And I, and I don't have, I don't have, you know, sons, but I'm sure that plays the same way. Like, you know, a, a son that doesn't feel loved and, and protected by his, his parents, he's going to try and, you know, find that somewhere in life. We all, it's just human nature. What is it about faith-based or inspirational films that really draws you in? Um, well, I mean, I'm a, obviously I'm a Christian. So like, there's, there's the appeal to that. I, I don't think I like the typical, um, you know, faith-based has kind of a negative connotation. And um, I mean, I like to feel like my films are like a little more kind of like faith adjacent, like just like next to the faith-based space where we have a little more broad um, appeal. I mean, faith-based can feel very exclusive um, and I want mine to feel much more inclusive. So it's, I think for me, it's, um, a lot about trying to find a, you know, maybe a Christian worldview that, um, that you can tell the story, the lens is a Christian worldview, but ultimately it's more of a secular film. Um, and, and, and that's, and, and so, I mean, to me, that's really meaningful. And I love to talk to people where they feel like they've been inspired or they've been um, challenged, um, with some of the films that I have, but it's not just faith-based, like, uh, you know, the, one of the first movies I did was a movie called where hope grows. And, um, it was, a uh, the Hollywood reporter said it was the first English speaking film that had a lead with down syndrome. And that to me changed my life. I going into that movie and writing that movie. I had, I didn't know anyone with down syndrome. Um, and then meeting David DeSantis who plays the character with down syndrome. And now we are super close to this day. We're still super close. Um, we text every single day. Um, and it really put me on a, on a path where, you know, I got super involved in special needs ministries and organizations and, um, and so I think it has the ability to change, you know, change our life if, if done right, you know, film and, um, and, 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 you know, like Asperger's or us and on tour with Asperger's us, that's not faith-based, but I feel like it's an important topic and it was cool to tell these, these guys stories. So I, I like, I like characters. I like to tell people's stories and, I, but I do like to have something where it's, you know, there's, there's a conversation to be had after the movie. And it's not just like, eh, you know, is Whataburger still open? Like I, I'd, rather, <laughs> I'd rather than talk about it, you know? So, so I think that's what I'm drawn to. You uh, mentioned uh, faith-based films, like that term feels exclusive. And it kind of struck me when you said that, because I think our faith has become very exclusive. You're either in or you're out. Right. And uh, where Jesus had maybe more of an inclusive ministry, going to people and sitting with them and hanging out with all sorts of people. But we've, kind of shifted away from that yeah no i think definitely i think and especially where we're at now everyone's drawing lines on like everything everything's like almost uh, you know binary where it's like you're either for us or against us and you can just go down the list you know and check off like all right i'm on this team for you know vaccines i'm on this team for faith i'm on this team for sexuality and it's like no i mean there really is a lot more gray area in life and i do think that i don't i mean jesus definitely wasn't i mean you know he was he was the things he was drawing in the sand was making people walk away for casting stones. Like, you know, and, and so I think us drawing all these lines, it's tough. And I, and I get it. I get it. Cause you know, it, you know, it, the media pushes it and makes us feel like we're at war with each other, but really we, we shouldn't be. And I don't, and yeah, I don't think, I don't think Jesus was, was, was like that, but, um, but it certainly is where we're at right now. The film industry isn't always known as an industry where there's a whole lot of, faith or you know christianity it's something that is kind of hidden off to the side but have you ever struggled being in that world and being in hollywood and everything that comes along with that 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely know there's like jobs that I've gotten passed on because it's like, you know, my manager and stuff. And I'd be like, well, he's a you know faith-based writer. That's what they think. Or, and they put, like to put you in a box. But I mean, on set and stuff, um, you know, I, I haven't really, I haven't, I haven't bumped into a lot of problems. Um, but I would also say like, you know, I'm a fairly confident um, person. And so, and I'm, and I'm super friendly with everyone. So I don't make enemies in that sense. Um, so I don't have people like that are really calling out my faith. Um, but, um, but I'm comfortable engaging with them in faith conversations or like, you know, I've, I've found very few people in life that no matter what they believe, if they're going through something and I say, Hey man, can I pray for you? I, I don't think I've ever been turned down. Like who, huh. who, who wouldn't take prayer, right? Like, even if they don't necessarily maybe believe it or know if it's true. Like, so I think I've actually kind of enjoyed it because um, I, I feel like it's cool to be different. And, and so on sets and stuff. Now, look, it gets much easier when you're the director. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you're at the top of the food chain. That makes, that makes it much easier. But, you know, but again, I think it's having your convictions and knowing who you are really, you know, really is what makes the difference. And just letting people know that you love and value them as, as a director, when I'm on set, I make, I make a huge effort to let everyone know, even like the PA is like, Hey, you're valuable here. Like, you know, you have a reason for being here. Like we, and I think if you do that, then people want like, why are they going to get mad at you if you don't believe, you know, they're actually showing them faith. You're actually showing you're walking the walk. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think authenticity is what sells it. People that wear their faith in their sleeve and then act like a bunch of yeah. dumb heads. <laughs> um, you know then i think that's what i think that's what kills it right but then people that are like like dude like i'm i love you man but i mean you know like that's how do you hate the guy that loves you like i mean if right. there's if there's a guy that's an atheist, i mean i've got you know a lot of my friends are atheists and agnostic and i if they love me how can i i mean i know some, and a lot of them are, are you know uh ethically and morally more sound than some of my christian friends and but i mean i don't know like i i, I mean i pray for them and i love them but like dude, they're, they're awesome human beings. I can't hate them. Right. And they can't hate me. So, you know, it goes back to yeah, authenticity and not drawing that line in the sand. I know um, Hollywood and the movie industry, like that's a career filled with a lot of ups and downs, right? I have a brother-in-law that's an actor that's had some success. Uh, shout out Josh Emerson, check him out. Uh, but at the same time, like, yeah, there's a lot more downs than ups sometimes. How do you, persevere through that adversity and how do you cling to your faith when you're going through seasons where nothing's going right man that is it's so funny because people are always like oh you know you're a writer director like that you must have millions of dollars and <laughs> yeah. multiple ferraris and, and, <laughs> and dude i'm like no it is so not sexy like it is long long valleys thankfully i've got an amazing wife who has been very supportive because um, yeah, I mean, there's been years where, I mean, honestly, I was living in LA and there was years where we were married and I think I made $30,000 total, you know? Yeah. So it's like you, you just, it really is, man. You really have to be smart with your money. And, um, and again, I'm, I, I'm not complaining. I'm super fortunate because I've been able to do this full time. And I know that's, you know, a lot of people, so I'm not, um, it is a fun job for sure. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, I mean, if you get one job, you, 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 you know, pack those nuts away like a squirrel and, and they, you know, save them for the winter because the winter's coming. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it is very much that, especially doing independent films in like that three to, you know, $5 million range. Like 
because it takes a lot of time too, right? Like if, if you're, if you're directing a film, like you're probably on it for, let's just say six months. Well, that's a big chunk of your time. If, if they're, you know, they're a low budget film and they can't really pay you much, but you need the film, but you need it for your, you know, your reel or your IMDb or just to get the credit. So it's a really, it's kind of a push pull, but I will say my wife and I always, we, we we're pretty low key because we've always been taken care of. And there's been so many times we're like, don't know how this is going to happen. And the craziest check will show up from the craziest place and, and just be just enough to get us through. So we're not negative that month. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. happened, that's happened for 20 plus years where it's like <laughs> at this point we're like, because there's plenty of nights I wake up and I go, why don't I just sell insurance? And, <laughs> and, um, and that's not a, a bag on it. I, I, I said that once and my dad was like, I sold insurance. And I was like, yeah, dad, I didn't. Mean that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, um, but what I'm, but what I'm saying is like, there's plenty of times where I question it. And, and then I always say like, God has been like the great carrot dangler for me. And then he'll give me just something like, no, oh, I like that. He, he, yeah. Even if it's like a piece of hope, like where someone calls out of the blooms, like, Hey, can I reread that script you wrote? Like you sent me like three years ago. And I'm like, what, how is it? And I send it in and nothing happens, but it's, you know, it, but it was enough to go, okay. Like there's still people out there that are still, you know, pursuing you, you know, in this career and, and validating that you're on the right path. So I think that's, yeah, it's just, it's holding on to those bread breadcrumbs as I walk this trail that I continue to walk. Well, what was your uh, big takeaway from the man from nowhere yourself? What did you personally take away from that? I mean, I, my, honestly, my true, the, the truest biggest takeaway is I still can't believe we shot a movie in eight days. That's the biggest one. <laughs> um, this, the second one was, was really cool. Um, we, we shot, you know, we shot everything. And then, um, and I, I've never had to do this before, but it was cool. It was really cool. But the way it was written, um, cause you know, when you're writing a script, if you're going to direct it and, and Matt directed it, but he co-wrote this with me, um, you know, it, it plays out in your mind a certain way. And then when you go shoot it, or if you give it to someone else, what's on the page could play out differently. And I know when this one, we, we, we laid it all out and man, it was really cool to dissect. We deconstructed the film when it was done. And we re I mean, we rearranged in, I mean, in a way I've never done before, we had note cards of every scene out and we just started putting together the film in a totally different, um, sequence, which I hadn't done. And, um, and it turned out for the way, you know, so much for the better, but so that was a cool process. I hadn't done that and working with all the kids, right? Like we got to work with all these students at master's university and they're great kids and they're, they're eager and they're, they're, they're busting their butts and stuff. And so like, that's, that was a great experience too, but you know, uh, all I know is uh, shooting movie in eight days can be done. I know that walking with <laughs> and, and done really, really well. Um, it's a, yeah. It's a great thing for everybody. Like the impossible can be done and done well with the right yeah. team and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. So it was good, man. So yeah. How can people who want to check it out, want to see this film that was shot in eight days, how can they go about doing that? And like, how can they go about learning more about you? Um, well, they can go to uh, pureflix.com or pureflix.com or the Pureflix streaming site. Uh, that's where uh, we've got uh, Man from Nowhere right now. So it'd be great to go do that. If they don't have Pureflix, they can go to like Amazon and buy it, but they can just get it on the streaming site for free if they have that or do the trial or whatever. But it's worth it. It's totally worth it. <laughs> um, and um, me, um, man, I'm like a social media dinosaur. I mean, I do have an Instagram account. It's Chris underscore Dowling underscore director, but uh, be forewarned, it is not used often unless I'm sure <laughs> something. I was very late to that. I was forced to have an Instagram account by one of the movies. So <laughs> um, yeah, 
but anywhere, anywhere else we can find out about what's going on next with you or any upcoming projects yeah right here we can find out about that um i have a, <laughs> i'm actually really excited i've got a shonda pierce um karaoke comedy um that is super fun uh, that sounds so, cool oh it, it's great so it'll be out um next year i'm very very pumped about that we shot that in nashville it's got like a great soundtrack with like huey lewis and uh like starship built nice. and Freebird, and it's just it's really fun and um so that and then um we just shot another project that um i mean it'll come out this year also but it's 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 a it's not nothing to do with faith but it's a super cool low low budget um indie about a daughter father relationship that um i hopefully will be announcing soon um and um yeah and then there's there's three or four other projects that are in the pipe that i'm super pumped about that the scripts are turned in and at different production companies so you know as we're talking about the peaks and valleys you know just some kind of hanging out right now waiting to see who the next one's gonna pop thank you so much for making time for us today yeah awesome talking with you look forward to checking out the man from nowhere chris yeah i appreciate it and thank you so much for joining us and for listening today remember if you want to listen to this full conversation or any of the other conversations that we've had on connections you can do that by checking out our podcast connections with mike tom and colleen hood you can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from don't forget to subscribe we'll talk to you again on connections